Welcome to the Pastor on the Beach podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Amlin, pastor at Lutheran Church of the Resurrection in Cocoa Beach, Florida. And each week I will be sharing a message from our worship services right here via this podcast. I hope you'll consider subscribing and share the podcast with your friends. We all need to hear words of hope once in a while. Well, thanks for listening. Here's this week's message. Our gospel in today comes from Mark, and in this section, everywhere Jesus goes, many people expect, if, expect him to set them free from oppression. Everywhere he goes, he heals people and sets them free. Disease, evil, devils, and death are running for their lives. The forces that diminish human life are rendered powerless by Jesus. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As soon as Jesus and the disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought him to all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. A joke. Johnny, a very bright five-year-old, told his daddy he'd like to have a baby brother and along with this request offered to do whatever he could do to help. His dad, a very bright 35-year-old, paused for a moment and then replied, I'll tell you what, Johnny, If you pray every day for two months, you'll get your baby brother. Johnny responded eagerly to his dad's challenge and went to his bedroom every night, early that night even, and started praying for a baby brother. He prayed every night for a whole month, but after that time, he began to get just a little bit skeptical. He checked around the neighborhood, you know, with the other kids, and found out that what he had been praying for, what he had been thinking was going to happen, had never occurred in the entire history of the whole neighborhood. Because, you know, kids. You just don't pray for two months and then whammo, a new baby brother. So Johnny quit praying. Another month went by, and Johnny's mother went to the hospital. When she came back home, Johnny's parents 
called him into the bedroom. He cautiously walked into the room, expecting not to find anything. And there, with his mom in a bundle, was a baby. And his dad pulled back the blanket, and there was not one baby brother, but two baby brothers. His mother had had twins. And Johnny's dad looked down at him and said, Now, aren't you glad you prayed? And Johnny responded, Yes, but aren't you glad I quit when I did? (laughs) Prayer. It can be a bit confusing. Knowing how to pray or what to say or to do when we speak to God. Oh, it's easy to pray for a thing that we need or that we want, like little Johnny. But other times, we can be at a total loss. And before we even try, perhaps we give up. But prayer is important in our lives. And Jesus, in today's Gospel lesson, in other places throughout the New Testament, models the importance of prayer for us. Our gospel lesson today comes on the heels of Jesus beginning his ministry, proclaiming the kingdom of heaven come near, inviting people into a new kind of relationship with God. Then Jesus and his newly called disciples enter Capernaum, go to the synagogue, and they were astounded by his teaching, for he taught them as someone having what? Remember what the word is? Somebody say authority. It was authority, yes, good answer. And not as the scribes. And while Jesus uh, is there, he heals a man possessed of an unclean spirit, and they were all amazed, and they kept on saying, what is this, a new teaching? With authority, he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. This is a review, by the way, for the last two weeks. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee last week, right? So today's lesson begins after Jesus has been teaching with authority and healing. And as his fame is growing in the region, Jesus and his followers go directly to the nearby home of Simon and Andrew as soon as they left the synagogue. Remember, things happen quickly and steadily in Mark's gospel. Mark uses words and phrases like immediately and as soon as to indicate the urgency of the message to the reader or to the hearer in the first century. Jesus is on a mission, and there is no time to waste. It makes me think that the writer of Mark would be in big trouble if he was Lutheran, because we like to linger over a cup of coffee in the fellowship hall and enjoy some nice treats, right? Oh, well, we'll immediately go there after the service is over, as soon as the service is over. Yes, it was almost like Mark. There are not a lot of details talking about Simon's mother-in-law, or for that matter, the home that she lives in, or where she lies ill with a fever. We aren't told who all lives there. We can only surmise that it must be somewhat close to the synagogue. We aren't told if Simon's mother-in-law has been praying for healing, or if she's even lucid or coherent enough to pray. But Jesus comes to her, and with a touch of his hand, lifts her back into health. So much so that she immediately gets up and begins to do what? Serve, right? 
He's a good host. Talk about a good son-in-law too, right? Bring the one person that can, with a touch of his hand, get you out of bed. Even in this moment when we think Jesus is finally getting a break, he's still on the job. What's interesting is that each of the healing stories in Mark, the writer makes it very clear that an encounter with Jesus, an encounter with Jesus requires something in response. In this case, the mother-in-law serving her guests. So Jesus stays busy teaching and healing, speaking and listening. People, did you hear? The entire town was outside of the door. But the next thing we hear is, in the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. Mark tells us that Jesus went off by himself to pray after a very full day of healing and teaching and crowds of people pressing in on him, even at sunset. Yet here we find Jesus up way before dawn so that he can go off to pray, to sit with God and to listen, to talk and to be renewed. Jesus uses this time apart to be fed and strengthened for his day. Jesus models that there is no replacement for time set apart with God, even in the busiest time of his life. I can only imagine that each day would be similar to that Saturday at the temple and in Simon and Andrew's home. People constantly tugging at him, looking for healing or for Jesus to tell them something about what Scripture really means. So Jesus makes time, even if only for a little while, to be renewed and restored. What about us? Another joke. A journalist was assigned to the Jerusalem bureau of his newspaper. He got an apartment overlooking the Wailing Wall, which is where people go to pray each day. After several weeks, he realizes that he's seeing the same elderly man come to the wall early in the morning and pray vigorously. The journalist wondered whether there was a story to tell. And so he went and he approached the elderly man, introducing himself. And he said, you come to this wall every day. What are you praying for? The old man replied, what am I praying for? In the morning, I pray for world peace. Then I pray for the brotherhood of man. I go home, I have a glass of tea, and I come back to the wall to pray for the eradication of illness and disease in all the earth. The journalist is taken aback by the man's sincerity and persistence. He said, you mean you have been coming to the wall to pray every day for these things? The old man nods. How long have you been doing this for? How long have you been coming and praying for these things? And the old man responds after a bit of reflection, how long? Maybe 20, 25 years. The amazed journalist finally asks, how does it feel to come and pray every day for 20 plus years for all of these things? And the man replies, how does it feel? 
Feels like I'm talking to a wall. (laughs) But for many of us, prayer feels like we're talking to a wall. Maybe because all we want to do is talk. Maybe because we haven't learned to be still and to listen, or because we haven't taken the time to observe the ways in which God answers our prayers in daily life. There's healing that comes in prayer. Restoration and hope in knowing that God listens to our prayers. And there is strength in learning to see how God is at work around us, through us, and sometimes, yes, in spite of us. Jesus repeatedly set time apart to pray, even when his disciples hunted him down to continue his work. The good news for us is that we worship and we pray to a God who cares about us and wants to be in relationship with us. We believe in a God who gives everything of God's self to ensure our healing and new life, free from the fear of sin and death. We trust in a God who invites you and me to spend time apart, no matter how busy our lives might be, no matter how many things or people may be hunting us down each day, and give our cares and concerns over to trust in God for strength, hope, and encouragement. All right, I'm going to sneak in one more joke on you. Maybe this will be helpful for you as you start your prayer journey tomorrow morning. And maybe you've seen it before, but it just tickles me. The prayer goes, so far today, God, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy, grumpy, or selfish, or overindulgent. And I'm really glad about that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm probably going to need a lot more help. Friends, go to God in prayer. God will give you what you need. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening. I hope that this week's message has given you something to think about and given you hope that you are loved by God. To learn more about Lutheran Church of the Resurrection, please visit GoResurrection.com. If you'd like to support this podcast or any of the amazing ministries at Resurrection, please visit our website giving page. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Pastor on the Beach podcast.